What is Messianic Judaism? Is it a legitimate expression of Christianity, or is it a manifestation of modern-day Judaizing in violation of the Scriptures? Stay tuned for an interview with a Messianic Jewish spiritual leader. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My special guest is Stephen Jaslow, the rabbi of Bat Zion Messianic Congregation in Duncanville, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. Steve, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Thank you, Dr. Reagans. And uh, pleasure to be here. I want to jump right into this as fast as we can. Okay. So let me just start off by asking you point blank, what in the world is Messianic Judaism? Yes, sir. And how would you define it? All right, well, uh, Messianic Judaism is probably um, better to say what it's not. Okay. Okay, what it's not is a brand new phenomenon that somehow <laughs> developed in modern times right. and uh, sprung out of some new fad in the church or anything like that. It's actually a resurrection of a very old, ancient uh, movement. Uh, which goes way back to the early church. I was going to say, it's basically a resurrection of how the church existed in the first century. Absolutely. (laughs) And so what God is doing in what I believe, and I I know you believe is the last days, Mm -hmm. is restoring the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, Mm -hmm. bringing back an expression that is more akin to what the original plan really was, which was to have uh, a Jewish... uh, uh, expression of the of Christianity, which was the original plan, and then to uh, sp- spring out and 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 to expand into reaching all the world. Mm-hmm. Messianic Judaism is just a resurgence of a biblically based um, uh, fulfillment of of prophecy of the Jews coming back home, mm-hmm. coming back to the Lord, coming back to the land. And it's basically a restoration of what God is doing and um, bringing, uh, bringing Jewish people uh, to be able to worship Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And, and so Messianic Judaism is basically a movement of Jewish believers and non-Jews that have attached themselves to the movement, who love Israel, love the Jewish people, feel a call mm-hmm. to stand with what God is doing and to... Uh, Put their energies into uh, helping in in bring, bringing about what God is doing in His purposes. Well, in the I know last there, are, there are many things being accomplished by the Messianic Jewish movement. One of the things that came to mind as you were talking is the fact that you all are really emphasizing the Hebrew roots of Christianity and helping Gentile Christians to understand those roots. Because the more they understand about, it, the more they understand the Bible. Because the Bible is written from a Jewish viewpoint, yeah. both Old Testament and New. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's a very important thing. Yes, sir. So we, uh, you know, we celebrate, uh, we worship on the Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, we celebrate the feasts of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, His appointed times that are laid out in Leviticus 23. You know, if you go back to um, the book of Acts and you look at the first century church, it, it, it was, all, all the believers were Jewish. That's right. <laughs> and uh, 
the first 3,000 that got saved on the day of Pentecost, they, they were in the temple. They you were, you they mean were, they, they weren't Southern Baptists? No. no. <laughs> no I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that the Southern Baptists had a handle on things back then. Even the Roman Catholics didn't <laughs> have a handle truth, on things. Yeah. Well, that, uh, to but, get very specific about yes, this, I know that uh, many Messianic Jews, if not all, uh, do celebrate the feasts of uh, Israel. Yes, they sir. do keep the Sabbath. Uh, um, many, if not most, uh, observe the kosher laws. And uh, they keep the rite of circumcision. And critics jump on this immediately and say, okay, this is nothing in the world but Judaizing in violation of the Scriptures. How do you respond to that? Well, I would say that that's completely wrong um, because it's not a matter of coming under the letter of the law or anything like that. Um, keeping the Sabbath is just, you know, God never changed the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. A Sabbath predates the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. It goes back to creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the Ten Commandments, he says... Um, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy, because it was six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. It didn't say because right. of anything to do with Moses <laughs> and, and the law. Uh, the law didn't exist at that point. So the Sabbath is, is the day of rest, yeah. no matter which way you look at it. I believe you can worship on any and every day. So um, it's not that um, God changed the Sabbath day. When it comes to the feasts, the feasts are very important because the feasts really tell a story prophetically. Um, the spring festivals of um, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, and the Feast of Pentecost, or Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, all speak of the first coming of Yeshua. He died on Passover. He was buried on Unleavened Bread. He rose on the Feast of First Fruits. And the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. came, as we all know, on the Feast of Pentecost mm-hmm. in Acts chapter 2. Those feasts have all been fulfilled. The fall festivals speak not of his re- uh, of redemption, but of restoration. And in the fall festivals, we have the Feast of Trumpets, and these are all in Leviticus 23. Feast of Trumpets, uh, we just came through the fall festivals. Mm-hmm. We just finished our, uh, celebrating our fall festivals. Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. And these festivals all point to the second coming of Yeshua, and not redemption, but restoration. He's not coming as a lamb, he's coming as a lion. And when does he come back? Well, the Bible says that when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise and we'll all go to meet him. So the trumpet sound is an indication of the fulfillment will be Yeshua coming back. Whether it's the rapture or second coming depends on your eschatology. Atonement speaks of national atonement, salvation for Israel. Paul says all Israel shall be saved. God's word speaks to a complete restoration of Israel back to himself. And then Tabernacle speaks actually of the second coming in the millennium. Well, you've just given a good example of um, better understanding of your Hebrew roots. And yes, if sir. you understand those, I mean, all those feasts apply to what we call Christianity. Yes. Uh, and both past and, and future. Yes, and so, because they have the prophetic yes. aspect, but they also have a personal aspect. That's right. Because That's Passover right. speaks of my redemption, yeah. the blood of the Lamb I've got to put on my life. Well, before we uh, get on to some other criticisms that people have made of Messianic Judaism, I'd just like for you to take a few minutes here to tell us about how you came to know Yeshua as your Messiah. Okay, that's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) I grew up Jewish. um, In New York, right? In New York. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx, actually, Mm -hmm. and a Yankees fan. (laughs) um, But in a secular home, it was not a religious home, but even the secular Jews keep to the traditions sure. because Jewishness is, is, is a part of the life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got bar mitzvahed and we went to, you know, had to go to Hebrew school to learn for my bar mitzvah. 
and we celebrate the Passover at my uncle Walter's house every year, <laughs> um, and uh, we, you know, and 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 took seriously the days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, because those were the serious days, where the holiest days on the Jewish calendar. So those things were observed, but there wasn't a there wasn't any relationship. There was nothing, There was no life to it to where there was a living um, experience with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and there was nothing like that. It was just a cultural experience. It was a cultural experience of which mm-hmm. once I got to be of age, mm-hmm. I just went off in my own direction. Sure. Um, and life took me in various places, um, but it seemed that uh, in periods of my life, that, tent, that got to be difficult. It seemed that every time I got into a tough place in my life, some born-again Christians would come up to me <laughs> and start telling me about Jesus. And, uh, and so, like, the Lord had his eye on me, but I was rejecting it because it was so sure, foreign to me. Sure. I saw Christianity as one religion, Jew- Jewishness as another religion. I didn't believe that there could be one way mm-hmm. to God, and that's, what, mm-hmm. that's what's being preached uh, in the gospel. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, uh, Jesus says. So, um, so basically, um, uh, I, I went and was looking for truth in all the wrong places. I ended up in a cult, actually, um, uh, an Eastern religious type of a, of, a, of a group that was very popular in the early 80s. And I got involved in that and um, thought it was great. I thought I, I finally found my path, you know, and it wasn't, you know, blow up your mind and just you know, chant Om all the time. It was, it, was a different, it was a different group. Some people, maybe I should say it was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. There might, might be some Rajneesh people out there that need to hear <laughs> right, this, you right. know. And so um, I was down that path for a number of years, and then it all fell apart. And as it fell apart, I got very disillusioned mm-hmm. with everything spiritual. Mm-hmm. I basically hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And then a very, very close friend of mine in 1986 uh, moved to Houston because she needed to get a change in her life mm-hmm. and wanted to get out of New York. And uh, she was also in the group. But she left, moved to Houston, and uh, was living with a relative who happened to be a devout, born-again believer. Oh. And uh, she calls me up uh, two weeks later because that very first Sunday, her relative <laughs> took her to church, yeah. and she got radically saved. Oh, and she calls me up and says, hey, i got to tell you, I'm born. I said, don't tell me that. <laughs> Because I had been working in a restaurant, just waiting tables, just trying to find my way. And these born-again Christians were coming in, and they're witnessing to me, and I'm telling them, no, I don't know, leave me alone. But something, there were seeds that had been planted. Yeah, and sure. when she got saved and told me, then I knew I had to go. And I, I just took that step of faith. I went to the same church, um, Faith Tabernacle, Church of God, um, West Babylon, New York, Sun, Sunrise <laughs> Highway. God called me out of Babylon, and uh, I got radically saved there. Um, but I didn't know anything about Messianic Jewishness. I was, I was just a born, yeah, I was the token yeah. Jew in a Christian church. Right. And God started to stir up some things in me to reveal Messianic Judaism to me when he called me to go to Bible school, which was also on Long Island. So when I went to Bible school, it just so happened that my Old Testament survey teacher was the local Messianic rabbi, oh. and God had already been stirring me to Messianic Judaism, mm-hmm. even though I didn't really know what it was. But at the same time that he called me to go to a school called 
Christ for the Nations. <laughs> Here in he, Dallas. Right. No, it was actually in New York. They oh, it a, was? They had a satellite oh. school in New York. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I went there, and at the same time, he called me back to my Jewish roots, and I started going to a Messianic congregation. That's where I received my calling. Oh. And so that's where the whole thing kind of came together. Your testimony reminds me a lot about this man right here, uh-huh. Avi Mizraki. Avi? Yeah, Avi Mizraki. Avi, Avi came over here yeah. to the United States. He was going to go to Las Vegas, and uh, he was a professional gambler at the time and was going to break Las Vegas, uh-huh. uh, he thought. Yeah. But yeah. he stopped off to visit his sister mm. in Miami, mm. and she said, I want to take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And she took him to church. Uh-huh. And he got radically saved right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, that friend of mine is now my wife. Oh, is that okay? So, and her name? Uh, Margaret, Margaret, <laughs> yeah. Margaret Jackson. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. What a great yeah. story. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that yes, with us. Yes, thank you. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my interview of Steve Jaslow, the spiritual leader of Bot Zion Messianic Congregation in Duncanville, Texas. Steve, before the break we were talking about uh, some criticisms that people have offered against uh, Messianic Judaism, and I'd like to pick up where we left off sure, there. Sure. Uh, the first one that I want to mention is based on Ephesians 2.14, yes, uh, where we are told that when Jesus died on the cross He broke down the wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, and critics of Messianic Judaism argue that Messianics are rebuilding the wall. How do you respond to that? Um, well, I respond that uh, that's a false uh, uh, observation or false um, interpretation of the scriptures, because um, really Ephesians two fourteen is one of the scriptures that's really dear to my heart. Because we we consider ourselves a one new man congregation at Bat Zion, and uh, Jew and Gentile coming together with a Messianic Jewish expression of the faith. Yeah. But you actually have Gentiles as members of your congregation. Oh yes, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Quite a few, actually, and we're a very diverse congregation. But we love Israel. We have an expression that is Hebraic in our music, in our customs. We read the Torah. We worship on the Sabbath. We celebrate the feast. Um, but I believe God's heart is is that oneness that comes from what Paul calls in Ephesians two fifteen the one new man. Yes. And the one new man is, I believe, critical in the last days. Uh, for God to fulfill His purposes on the earth, because what's been lost is the Jewish expression of the faith, which was the original expression of the faith. And God's plan has always been for everybody. It's inclusive. Now, in the Bible we find that really there's only two kinds of people. There's the Jews and there's the Gentiles. That's right. And that's very clear. And even when Paul speaks to a Gentile congregation, he, dis- he makes a distinction. I speak to you Gentiles yes. um, because I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. Now, with that distinction, it doesn't mean that God is being preferential to the Jewish people, right. even though Romans 1.16 says that the, the gospel is the power of God to everyone who believes to the Jew first. first. It's just his order of things. But it's clear. He says... There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. But what does that mean? Hmm. That just means that we all come to God the same way. That's right. We're all on equal ground. That's right. And so the Jews were God's first covenant people. When they became believers, they, they did not become Jews. Yes. The same way when a woman becomes a believer, she doesn't become a man. You know, we, we retain our, our distinctiveness, whether it's a Jew, a Gentile, a, a Chinese person, a Mexican, whatever, when we become believers, 
um, then, then we retain our identity. And with that identity, we can have a particular expression that is unique to our worship of the Lord. Um, and so that's all it is. We are worshiping God in a Messianic Jewish way. We're not dividing or being exclusive and cutting out people. In fact, it's the opposite. It's the works of man over the last 1900 centuries that put the wall back up and said, no more Jewishness in the church. Well, we, we have the same thing uh, in mainline Christianity. I mean, you have the charismatic uh, way of right. worshiping the mm-hmm. Lord. You have the Pentecostal way of, yes. of, right. of following the Lord. And you have the Southern Baptist way. And, and uh, But, you know, these are all one in Christ. Yes. 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 And so. Well, uh, this brings me, though, to the criticism that... Uh, uh, is really very strong that comes from Orthodox Jews who say to you, you have abandoned your heritage. You are a traitor to the faith of the Jewish people. And uh, therefore you are no longer a Jew. Yeah, I know. How do you respond to that? Um, well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Well, my response would be, look, um, I give them my testimony. I tell them how I came to the Lord. I tell them how I was living a pagan life. I tell them how when I was living a Jewish life, I had no relationship with the Scriptures or with God. When I was living a pagan life, I ate pork. You know, I ate shellfish. Um, I, did, I did all kinds of things that are sinful. And then when I became a believer and God called me back to my Jewish roots, I'm living more of a Jewish lifestyle now than I ever did before I was a believer. Plus you put your faith in a Jewish person. Jesus was a Jew. The, the disciples were Jewish. This book was written by all Jewish men, just about predominantly Jewish men. Two-thirds of the New Testament was written by Paul, a Jewish rabbi. And so I point out to them, uh, and I don't have that many discussions with the Orthodox, and of course they're going to know the Torah, they're going to know specific oh, sure. verses better than me and all that, but I can pull out verses in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, and preach the gospel from the Old Testament. I don't, right. I don't have absolutely, to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because when Paul talks about, you know, all Scripture is given by God, is God-breathed, you know, and inspired, exactly. he's talking about there was no New Testament when well, Paul wrote that. That's to right. Timothy. Plus, the very first gospel sermon ever preached on the day of Pentecost was nothing but Old Testament Scripture Old saying, Testament. here's what they said, yeah. Jesus fulfilled it. Here's yeah. what it said, Jesus fulfilled it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you have to be careful. You don't want to use words that would be um, biting to sure. an orthodox because yeah. Christ is a biting word. So, right. so you use the word Messiah. It's the same thing. I just believe Jesus is the Messiah. Show me. I can show you Zechariah 12 where it says they're going to look upon him. They're going to look upon me whom they have pierced. Who's that talking about? Isaiah 53. Who's that talking about? Yeah. You know, and he was wounded for our transgressions. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Uh, he was the, he's, he's the son of David, but he's also the son of Joseph. Yes. Yeah. yes. Messiah ben Joseph, Messiah ben David. Well, to get back to this point about yes, Judaizing, what would constitute Judaizing in your opinion? Okay, when we talk about uh, Judaizer, um, when Paul spoke to the Galatians, mm-hmm. that was the issue. Now, Galatians was a Gentile mm-hmm. congregation, but, they, but receiving the wonders and the beauty of salvation... Through faith. I mean, that's what Ephesians 2 is all about. By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So uh, our, our salvation, our justification is always by faith. A Judaizer would say 
that it's faith plus. Yes, yes. I, I was going to say, to me, Judaizing would be to take the position of saying, okay, if you don't worship on the Sabbath, if you don't observe the feast, if you don't observe the kosher laws, if you, you are not circumcised, you are not saved. Right. Because these things are things you must do in right. order to be saved. That's Judaism. And that's what they were doing in, to the Galatians. Yes. And yes. Paul says, who, who has bewitched you? You know, yes. who has yes. to take, you know, what you've started in the spirit, are you now going to finish it in the flesh? So his whole point there was about justification. Right. It wasn't about anything more than that. Yes. You know, righteousness of God, which is through faith. Yes. And it's faith alone. Now, all these other things, the commandments of God are good. I mean, he says in Romans 7, mm-hmm. the law is good. The Torah is good. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. Mm-hmm. I came to fulfill the law mm-hmm. and to give you the right interpretation of the law. In fact, it's harder to keep the commandments of the New Testament than it is to keep <laughs> the commandments of the Old Testament. He says, look, it's not enough to not, to, to, to not commit murder. You've you, you got to not even be angry in your own heart. But we can praise God that we don't have to keep those things perfectly because we're saved by grace. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, in 1967, this seems to be a turning point yes, in modern-day Jewish history because in yes, 1967, not only did you have the miraculous Six-Day War, yes, sir. but shortly after that, there was a mighty move of the Holy Spirit yes. uh, all over the world, and particularly here in the United States, yes. in which... Tens of thousands of young people yes, sir. came to the Lord. Yeah. Hippies and yeah. all kinds of folks. Uh, Calvary Chapel out in California, but in the Cincinnati area, all kinds of young Jewish people like Joel Chernoff yeah. and others coming to the Lord. Yeah. What in the world happened among the Jewish people then? Well, 67 was, uh, 6770 was what we might refer to as the birth of yes. modern day yes. Messianic Judaism. Yes. And I believe that. You know, God has been, um, well, God happened. You wouldn't know what God happened. Yeah. And it was a miracle. The Six-Day War was an absolute miracle. But what happened? In that Six-Day War, um, Jerusalem was recaptured by the That's Jewish right. people. And for the first time yeah. in 1900 years, yeah. the Jew could again pray at the Wailing Wall. That's right. And this is a complete fulfillment of Jesus' words, if I can read just out of the book of Luke, um, where in Luke 21... And verse 24, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and this is parallel to Matthew 24, um, and shall be led away captive unto all nations. Okay, so that happened Mm -hmm. in 70 A.D. when when Jerusalem was destroyed and all the believers were scattered. You see what happened was there was no Jewish church anymore after 70 A.D. That's how the church became more Gentile. Um, And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Well, Jerusalem was not long, no longer trodden down to the Gentiles That's in right. 1967. That's right. That means something was fulfilled. This is Jesus' own words. Something was fulfilled. And I believe there was a shaking and a shifting and a cataclysmic event that took place in heaven. And that was the beginning of this restoration of not the Jews to the land, because that happened in 1948, yeah, yeah. but now the Jewish people are coming back to the to Lord, the, to their Messiah. To their Messiah. Oh my. And, and so the result of that, in, in 1967, there wasn't a single Messianic congregation yeah. in the United States. Today, yeah. there's over a hundred, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, many more, more than that. that. More than that. More there's than over a hundred in Israel. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just amazing yeah. what's happened. Yeah. So, so God is really restoring the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And Romans 11 talks about the tree, the olive tree, and the natural branches being broken off. And that's a pa- powerful passage because oh, yes. the Gentiles are referred to as the unnatural branches. And Paul says, look, you were grafted in, the, the natural branches were broken off because of unbelief, but you came in by faith, 
and you are able to be grafted in. And if God can graft you in contrary to nature, how much more can he graft back those branches that are the natural branches because God is able to graft them back in again. And so he says, don't be high-minded, don't be proud, don't be lofty, don't think that you're so great and God's done with the Jews because he ain't done with the Jews yet. And then Paul concludes down in verse 25, he says, all Israel shall be saved. So that's what's happening. The natural branches are getting put back on the tree. The Jewish people are starting to cry, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Yes. Which and Jesus, Jesus said he said, wouldn't return. He said he wouldn't return until that happens. But when that begins to happen, we know that the return is, is imminent. It's, it's, it's somewhere. Do you ever wake up in the morning and say, Lord, how did I end up in the middle of this incredible thing you're doing here in the end times? It's so exciting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm, um, I mean, like everybody else, you wake up and you're kind of um, overwhelmed with life, you know. But then you remember, wait a minute, this is just, you know, life is but a vapor and we're just passing through. And if we, have, we, if we have Yeshua, if we have Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, but in these last days, Messianic Judaism, I believe, is the key to end-time revival. Oh, it's a, certainly an end-time sign. Yeah. And it must be a major jolt to the mainline Christian church yeah. that has bought into replacement oh, yeah. theology. God washed His hands yeah. of the Jews, has no purpose left for right. the Jews, and suddenly here's this mighty movement of the Holy yeah. Spirit among the Jewish people. Yeah. And that's why Romans is so important, Romans 9, 10, and 11. Because I don't know how, how so many of the non-Jewish churches don't see it there. <laughs> because he spells it out. He says, I speak to you Gentiles because I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. Has God done away with them? God forbid. No, he hasn't. I mean, he says. Well, those are the right three there. most yeah. hated yeah. chapters among <laughs> Christianity. Yeah. The 9, 10, and 11 yeah. of Romans, because they say beyond a shadow of a doubt, God still loves the Jewish yeah. people. They are still His chosen people. Yes. He is going to bring a great remnant of them to yes. salvation in the end times. Yes, yes. And it says, if the rejection of them was riches for the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? What a glorious yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my interview with Rabbi Steve Jaslow, the spiritual leader of the Bat Zion Congregation in Duncanville, Texas. Steve, tell our viewers how they can get in touch with you. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. The best way to get in touch with us would simply be to go to our website, www.batzion.org, and all the information is on the website. Thank you. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope that next week, the Lord willing, you'll be back with us. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. What is Messianic Judaism? Is it biblical, or is it just a disguised form of Judaizing? And how does it relate, if at all, to end-time Bible prophecy? These and many other questions about this remarkable movement are answered in this 65-minute video album titled Messianic Judaism, which contains interviews with Joel Chernoff and Ted Pierce. Joel Chernoff is the General Secretary of the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. He's also the one who pioneered the development of Messianic Jewish music with the group he called Lamb. In like manner, Ted Pierce is a leading composer and performer of Messianic Jewish music. One of the highlights of the album is the music it contains. Joel and Ted each sing two of their original compositions. The album can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. And with each order, we will also include a copy of another video program called The Middle East Crisis in Biblical Perspective. 
This is a 50-minute video program featuring a sermon by Dr. Reagan, in which he uses scripture to clearly demonstrate how the struggle in the Middle East is a spiritual one that can never be solved by diplomacy or war. In his analysis, Dr. Reagan weaves together his knowledge of international politics, his understanding of Bible prophecy, and his experience from having made over 40 trips to the Middle East. Again, both videos could be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 379. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 